teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on to the Baseline Podcast. We've got a different style of episode today. I've got my friend Jack Hodgins from Christchurch and what he, what we thought is that um, he's got a bit of a project he's working on and wanted us to do a podcast together to help with that. So basically Jack's going to uh, ask a bit about my basketball journey and I think for me I've almost done 100 episodes and though people might know what my views on basketball are and know a little bit about me, um, I've got a few hundred subscribers now and it's a good chance for me to talk about myself, how I got into the game of basketball. So appreciate you jumping on with me jack how are you going today i appreciate you taking the time man it's great it's great i mean um to get you on board i wouldn't say it's a guaranteed a but um it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely gonna help out and um yeah it's been pretty cool to see from um a distance obviously from you just staying out nba wire for a little bit to now having a massive podcast and um you know doing the agents and all that sort of stuff it's it's really cool so um yeah cheers for having me man cheers for having oh, me no it's all good man it's my pleasure and every um everything that i've done where it was you know doing some stuff on nba wire with yourself or um you know sites that maybe i wrote for for a couple of months or social medias i ran it all contributed to me being able to grow myself and grow my connections and you know like no matter where you go in life you're always gonna um you know make friends this way or you know further down the line someone might need a connection because you need to help them or, or whatever and that's the beauty of it you never know um yeah where you're going to end up so yeah we're basically yeah well, I, I hate the term networking but it is that isn't it as far <laughs> as like it's not like networking as far as like you're trying to climb or anything like that but you meet people along the way and then it's funny yes. how um they just people come in handy you can help each other out basically you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. amount of people i met even because just quickly we started mbay me and ben when we were in year nine of high school um wow. and the people i like did admins for on other pages and whatnot some of them around know got clothing lines over in america and whatnot and stuff like that and it's just quite yeah. funny as far as you still sort of know them have that connection because when i was 14 years old i was posting you know on their facebook page you know the latest uh nba highlights or whatever so yeah. it is funny yeah. like that uh. it's cool it's cool man and, and you, you never know um where you're going to end up and, and that's the beauty and yeah the word networking is a weird one you're not People, especially in this COVID world, aren't going to networking events and handing out a bunch of business cards. You know? Like I've got some business cards and they've got a, like a basketball court in the back. They're kind of cool, yeah. but I don't. They sound dope. <laughs> they're, they're cool, man, but I can't remember the last time I handed one out. Um, yeah. So it, it's like the, the business of networking is, I mean, people use podcasts to network or, and they obviously use social media and there is in-person networking still, but the internet and COVID and stuff. Is it's a shame now as well because so many of these tournaments as well where so many people sort of got together, like, yes. you know, whether it be nationals, secondary schools, or luckily we had a few tournaments obviously earlier on in the year, but just cut, like, even the crowd so much smaller with COVID and, yeah, yeah very much um, not the same opportunities. Just, I, I, I would include you as far as just meeting people from other, you know, other schools slash other areas. And um, yeah. it's quite cool now, especially in Christchurch as well, as far as, we're now there's schools and areas competing with the North mm. Islands and whatnot. So it's um it's a shame that those boys don't get to, you know, challenge themselves up there against against the likes. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit disappointing and it's sort of just like yeah, it's just the sort of the way of the world now and there's yeah. not really a lot you can do. No, nah, there isn't. Anyway, so um you're to get straight into it, yeah. I'm very interested because obviously I remember you I sort of came onto the scene as I'm seeing on buckets down under, um, and you'd just come back from sports business classroom in Las Vegas, yeah, which yeah. sounded um, fake, to be honest with you at first, <laughs> as far as I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then did a bit of research and was like, goodness gracious, you know, like even some of the names like from Dave to four. And I mean, I spent far too much time on ESPN in high school as far as Larry Coons, a name that just jumps out um, yeah. straight away. I was like, oh, no, no, this is legit. Like, if, if you're getting wisdom from Larry Coon, that's, yes. that's big. So how how'd you, what got you into that? What made yeah, you go so there? I think, I think I'll, go, I'll go right back to the start. Yeah, um, go for it, man. So I was really into hoops as a kid, but when a really small school, um, growing up in Foxton in New Zealand, people 
uh, probably don't know that about me. Um, there wasn't really any, or there wasn't any organized hoops at high school. And so I read books on Michael Jordan and, um, you know, and like had some like Charlotte Hornets gears and, and, but basketball just didn't have that hardcore availability unless your friends are really into it or maybe your parents were. So I was into hoops growing up, but I was just massively into sport and I really liked there's something about like kicks and, um, you know, jerseys. And then I really liked the statistics and there was something about American sport, which just really, I had this, I had this real interest in it. And even though I really liked, like I was really into rugby and that sort of stuff. And I played lots of different sports that the hoops bug just didn't really, really hit me hard until I went to the States. And uh, okay. How yeah. old was that? Uh, so I'm just trying to think how many years back now. It's probably like six or seven years ago. Um, yeah. So I, I worked with some dudes who were really into the league. Yeah. And they were like, you know, you got to go to a game. And, and like I had the NBA app and I had League Pass. Um, and so I think it was 2016. I actually found the ticket to the game the other day. Um, I was in California uh, visiting some family and staying in San Francisco. Yeah, and cool. it was early season... So people will probably know, actually, I think it might even be, actually, I think it was 2017. It was the year that, definitely the year that Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. Um, it was at the old Oracle, um, the old Oracle Arena, and there's a Warriors game, and it was Warriors against Pelicans, um, you know, early season stuff, so like November. Um, and the tickets, they weren't cheap, cheap, but like I think for an NBA game, it was like, 50, 60 bucks and I was it, in the it doesn't matter for your first day it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. yeah it, doesn't it obviously matter. doesn't yeah it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. who's playing where it is how much yes. it is it's like this is huge yeah 100 and, and even if it's like hornets against even if it was this year it was hornets against Cavs. or it's probably harsh yeah. on the hornets but it could be the two worst teams in the league right now and you're going to get a show because it's like these are the best athletes on earth Bro. Um, just absolutely freakish so the cool part about it was that you jump on a train and, and I was staying out in um, Palo Alto. So Palo Alto is actually where um, Facebook, Google, and yeah. a lot of those big companies are. Near on Silicon cool Valley, is, is it? Yep, Silicon yeah. Valley. That's it, yeah. the, the tech area. So you jump on a train um, and the train just has all these stops and it you know it takes you past like... Um, I've been out there um, for WrestleMania once, just quick side note. Yeah, yeah, just quick side note, but very cool as far as the trains. It's like you go through different worlds, eh? Just quite clear, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. And it was either Harvard or Stanford was in Palo Alto. Um, Yeah, Stanford. Stanford, yeah. Crazy, you know, campus. You go down there for a look-see and uh, like the Lopez brothers went there and stuff, Jeremy Lin. It's just a cool, just everything about that area. Like the Facebook store is like... Sorry, not have a store. Apple. Oh, Apple, Apple store. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apple store is like a spaceship with just imagine Apple products as far as the eye can see. You know, it's all crazy, like air conditioning and everything about high tech. Places. Yeah, yeah, it was really high tech. So I jump on the train. Uh, I already have my ticket, and the train takes you um, all the way into San Fran, and then you jump on the underground, and the underground takes you to Oakland. And the people I was staying with at the time were like. Um, you know, when you get to Oakland, like, don't jump out and be running around at Oakland, like, you just need to go to the game. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I don't want to get shot in Oakland. But the the cool thing was that the underground, the bar, it just takes you all the way to this long tunnel. Like, it's like in Wellington at the stadium, for example. Yeah. Um, it's just a thoroughfare which everyone, once you've stopped the underground, it literally takes you right to the stadium. And everyone's right going to the same place. Uh, Anyone, yeah. Everyone's all yeah. going there to watch hoops. Yeah, But the awesome. cool part was at the time that um, the Raiders were still there and then the Oakland Athletics were still there for baseball. So it was like, this is my first introduction to American sport. And it's like, I always remember people wearing like, you know, um, Raiders gears. Like, you know, I, I still love, got a few Raiders hats and that. Not because I'm into NFL, but it was just, you know, it was what, and it's probably were, a silly yeah. question considering the um, Warriors had Kevin Durant for the first year. But did they win? Um, they they did. They yeah, did. Nice, win. Yeah, nice, yeah. Nice. That was a was a was a pretty good little win. Yeah. So yeah, rocked up. Um, went went past the Raiders Stadium and and went right in. And the food was sick. 
but people were really really cool and the intros like the in arena stuff was just buzzing me out it was just um crazy sounds and lights in the stadium and and i just loved it so gang got started um long story short steph curry broke the nba record for threes that night okay right oh that's a game to be there yep right oh that beats that beats my ish smith went for 25 was in the first (laughs) 76s in washington for my first ever game that's amazing man man. how cool it was it was crazy and it was just like um honestly my life from that moment forward like that that changed the trajectory of my life forever and then People might think it's a bit silly, but like when you've been into sport your whole life and you just have this moment, I was just like, this shit is crazy. Like, I, I, well, that's I just, come back. you know, and like so, it's always great seeing sport at a high level, just quick, but like that is seen somewhat yes. at the very, very top. Like, you know, like that is seen like, you could argue like that seemed the art of shooting perfected, you know, when someone's just going in there and shooting yes. it like that, you know, so that would have been, for yeah. someone who's into sports, I can imagine that would be like, amazing. wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a real like pinching myself moment. And so, and just something about like, I was sitting with season ticket holders and the guy I was sitting okay. next to, because Buddy Hill was on the Pelicans at the time. The dude I was sitting next to was just, he was a Warriors fan, but he's just like so knowledgeable of the league and telling me about yeah. Buddy Hill in college and, this real appreciation, not just for the league, but they like knew all the other season ticket holders around and they were just like so into it and passionate. Whereas even if you go to a good rugby game in Wellington, like once yeah. it's there, like no, chanting hurricanes and it's like, this is this from, sucks. I'm from like the, like Christchurch <laughs> is like the home of rugby, you know, as far as we're yeah. one of our ages and stuff. And we've got, I mean, granted <laughs> with the earthquake, but the stadium's tiny and it's just yeah. hard to fill that even. And you just think, yes. where's the atmosphere, yeah. you know? And yeah, um, yeah, I know there's exactly no... what you mean. Uh, it's like the yeah. over there is just, I, was, I remember I went to Jurassic Park when I was over in Toronto for a gap yeah. year. Um, yeah. And I was hugging the random dude next to me when I'm Jose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Grievous Vasquez, sorry, had this massive free and then did the shoulder shimmy. Yeah. And we were just going wild. And I thought, this just is, going nuts. You, you could never, like, I love basketball. Like, I love it yeah. like this. I just love this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. cool to hear you talk about that as well, because it's very much, it's just completely, it opens your eyes, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It just opened your eyes to how sport not only should be supported, but like people not being worried to be passionate about their team. Um, exactly. And it was cool, man. So that like set something off in me. Um, I started like a little Facebook page just posting random stats and highlights yeah. and shit. And I was like, I got to come back. So the next year I was going to be coming back anyway. Went to back a to the playoffs States. game. Yeah, back to the yeah, States. Cool. Stayed in the same place. Went to, the, awesome. went to the playoffs. And it was the second round of the playoffs. It was actually the Pelicans playing the Warriors again, but it was a playoff game. And when you look at the dudes that were on the floor, you had Iguodala, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Rajon Rondo, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday. Like those were the. It's yeah. like you got six. Yeah, you've got a lot of. Yeah, you've got some really players. good basketball players. <laughs> yeah, just to put it mildly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the way, like, being able to watch up close. And, and when I was sitting, I got I got a edge of the lower bowl ticket. It was expensive, but it was like you know basically the top of the lower bowl. Um, really close sort of like in the corner but the view that you had of the of the players coming down to that end on offense was did you get your wee playoff really shirt as well on the seat I did like, get my yeah, playoff yeah, shirt. yeah 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 how some, cool uh... yeah like the playoff shirt sitting on the chair yeah. is something i've never experienced and you feel so terrible for all these because there's some big boys over that side of the world as well <laughs> and even i was a bit struggling to fit into my large and i'm thinking <laughs> oh oh and i yeah, yeah. in golden state but they had the um the camera as well where it'll be like put your shirt on cam before the game starts it's it's, it's brilliant eh? anyway, it is, it sorry is. to interrupt but no 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 it's, brilliant. it's all it's all part of it man so yeah, yeah i got the yellow strength and numbers t-shirt still got um, it i imagine still got it man yeah, like yeah i don't i don't think i often wear it to hoop but it's just like it's, no. a, it's a good memory for mine yeah bro. um and it was then when i went back and i walked and i went to that game and i was just like um and this is the thing, like, I didn't, I knew very little about the actual game of basketball, like, at that point. Oh, okay. and, and, 
and you know people might be like you know um you know you've only been in the game for five or six years and it's like yeah i have only been in the game for five or so six years. there just wasn't really a team in foxton high school i know you talked about it earlier yeah. like you're into oh. rugby and all sorts of sports so there but was like, one team yeah there was one there was one team um at the at the high school that i went to and yeah, you just but... couldn't um yeah just and also i because i didn't play at primary school at an organized level yeah. like i didn't have any like fundamentals or skills or anything like that and it was hard to oh you meant to dribble ball. it when you run with yeah, the ball yeah. and yeah honestly thanks i know but for sure like that people take for granted but if you've never played it before you yeah. know that's that's foreign so yeah yeah, yeah. To, to have not played um like just playing like the competitions we had at primary school when you didn't have proper coaching and you didn't have proper organized hoops that yeah. it made it really tough to sort of rip in and be you know not just a fan but being able to have that advanced level of the game um but you're so showing then, you don't need it obviously yeah 100 man you know and, and i know some people would be like well no you know how can you like people that you need to apply the game to comment on it or whatever but no, like, i don't God. i don't give a shit like nah there's plenty of people completely. some of the greatest basketball minds had never played in the nba some of the greatest coaches have never played in the exactly NBA. um so from there i signed up for um a journalism course and this is probably this is where i sort of learned um and i'm not like 100 percent where i need to be and i know i need to continue to work on like media skills and writing and all the things that you need to do to be able to build your brand and i'll talk about that more as we go on yeah but like ripping in and doing and like doing journalism and realizing how I could structure um, things on social media and tweets and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I started like a Twitter account. and um, Your um, Twitter accounts also on Damian Lillard and um, CJ McCollum just retweeting it going, look at Stevie's, you know, <laughs> look at Stevie's stats. But it, it's honestly though, because it's quite funny as far as that, that's huge for like, you know, a, a, when you're trying to start a brand like that. When yeah. you can just get recognition, because obviously they have heaps of followers and people you're yeah. trying to reach and all that sort of stuff. But then also yes. it's that that recognition, like they think you're legit. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Which is yeah, huge. You're not yeah, just some random little wee Twitter page or Facebook page. You know, because there's so many yes. of them now. It's like no, no, yeah. it's yeah. legit. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And so that gave me the confidence to really like get into um, yeah the stat side of of diving you know a bit a bit deeper on that. Um, so basically when I got back from the States that second time I heard about sports business classroom on the dunked on podcast. Now people like will either hate or love the dunked on pod because of the analytics and, um, and all that sort of stuff. But I, I got know. shitloads out of it. Um, mainly because it was explaining like the cap, the salary cap, it was explaining moves in detail. It was talking about the weaknesses and strengths of players. And I actually learned how to, watch and evaluate the game on a on a high level by listening to a lot of those podcasts and then from then i was able to develop my knowledge um and i just started going along to like high school hoops just as often as i could just to get my my watching knowledge of the game up to a higher level well it's that thing isn't it bill simmons just quickly he always goes on about the um like is the analytics versus the eye test. Not that I'm a huge yes. Bill Simmons fan, but it's like, it's about, yeah. ba- and I reckon it's honestly just a balancing act because I don't reckon you it can is. go too much analytics, but you definitely can't go too much eye test either. Um, but people yes. that just result, yes. like, um, revert fully to the eye test, they miss out. Like, that, it's yeah. not the right way to do it. But the same goes for, I think, people that just look fully yeah. at the numbers, you know? So it's great to hear that you're yes. like, I went to a bit of high yeah. school basketball and all these things because, like, you need to see basketball yes. action. Like, for instance, you go to some high school game, yeah. the team might be dreadful at shooting three-pointers. So it doesn't matter what the analytics say. Like, these boys need to get it yeah. inside. Like, that's just all there is to it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and that, and stuff like that, you know. Yes. So, yeah, 100%. interesting here. Yeah, and, th- and that was, for me, I realized that um, I needed to build my brand, but I needed to really push hard to, to learn by just coming to high school ball. So I heard about Sports Business Classroom. Um, I knew that if i wanted to and for, for the main thing i wanted to do was grow the game in New Zealand. i didn't know how the first way for me was like tweet write articles all that sort of stuff yeah so i signed up for sports business classroom um 80 people each year are selected to compete sorry not to compete to enroll 
Um, say it was at a game show, <laughs> a, li- a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was competing, you know, just being naturally competitive. But yeah, yeah 80, fair, people, 80 people per year um, get accepted. Um, it's at the Las Vegas Summer League and it's owned and run um, by the people that actually own the Summer League, um, which is Albert Hall and Warren Legilly. And um, oh. Albert Hall, you, you would have heard of those names? So yeah, but Hall, I didn't know it was ran by the actual people that ran on yeah. the summer league that's yeah. that's really interesting so so it runs hand in hand with the with the summer league which is really cool um and obviously really dope. nba summer league is massive now you know it's a huge business all 30 teams really real i don't know if carnival is the right word but it's like the whole basketball world converges yeah. on summer league every year you see so many nba awards. players going and watching there yeah. as well yeah. obviously all the gms yeah. and the front office stuff a, yeah yeah, man, it's just it's just huge, and it's at the UNLV um, arena. Uh, obviously, you know where the the great UNLV teams of the eighties and nineties were. Yeah, yeah. Where they are, they're not as they're not the powerhouse that they used to be. Nah, the but stadium is still, and it's still yeah. you say the name, and you know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you know, yeah. So not, like George not in the same Town. conference, yeah, exactly. Not in the same conference they were, but still a powerhouse and still have the amazing stadium. So, um, yeah, I signed up. Um, I thought coming from New Zealand, I had a decent chance to get selected because of my strong business background and the previous jobs I worked. Um, I was actually the first to register. I don't know how I did that, but I was so hell bent on being like giving myself the best chance to get selected. What, what was the application process like? As far um, as did you have to really spill your guts on you know, or was a it like bit, a CV or what are you? Yeah, what was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Basically, like had to talk about. Um, but about yourself, um, about your what you've done in basketball, what you wanted to do in basketball, and I just talked about wanting to grow the game in New Zealand and look at what you've um, done. That, yeah, that's just what I wanted to. I wanted to do. I wanted to grow the game in New Zealand. Um, I talked about my previous business experience, um, and I think when they saw that someone was willing to invest in themselves by not only expect, investing in a course which wasn't cheap, obviously flying halfway around the world to go there, um, I. Yeah, and I got accepted. And honestly, when I got the email, I was just like, "Cool, this is." Yeah, I was fucking pumped, man. Yeah, I was, I was about I was to say, pumped. "Yeah, no," nah, but you would have yeah, champagne yeah. popping for sure. 100%. And I've yeah. actually got the, I've actually got my my flight ticket, Brilliant. my New Zealand ticket from. Um, from How quickly did it take you to buy the ticket after you got accepted? Or were you already going like, over? Like just, um, no, no, special no, no, trip. Yeah, yeah, trip. yeah. So, awesome. Um, yeah. Wellington, Auckland, uh, Auckland, LA, and then LA, Vegas. Um, and then from there, I decided that I would um, quit my job full time and go part time so I could focus on basketball. So now that's massive. Um, what made you what like not in a great way, obviously, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. that, that's yeah. it's giving yourself the challenge of like, yeah, I want to make make this work, but like I also yes. not have to make this work. But you know what I mean. You kind of do have yeah. to make this work. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So what yeah. was what made you? What made you dive in the deep end, for um, lack of a better term? I, I think I just realized that I needed to, um, if I really wanted to pursue this career properly, a career in basketball, then I needed to um, invest in myself, but also needed to take away the, um, like the backup plan. And if I continue yeah. to work my full-time job and, and it was like, that's brave, man. That's brave. And, dude, it was, and it, it's been, it's been pretty tough but um basically i quit my job on like the friday was the the final day that i went from being full-time to just doing contracting after that uh which was like a to start off with it was not it was i chose to do no work for a while um sorry no uh my old career none of my old career yeah 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 so i finished up on that friday and then on saturday i flew to vegas um and wow that's so cool it was it was dope man honestly like when you realize that you're going into like, and I didn't realize how good the course was going to be beforehand, but I knew it was going to be NBA personnel. Yeah. So just and, quickly, how did yeah. you actually find out about the course? I so don't mean to was, take you all the on, way back. No, but right. yeah, yeah. I know the dunked on, on you said on you heard. Board. Yeah. Yeah. I know you said yeah. about the dunked on. So they just yeah. say, this is what it, this is what yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 And you said that yeah. sounds like me. Yeah. 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 It was oh, just like just that. About, yeah. So on the podcast, they just talked about, they had Larry on there yeah. and they just talked oh, okay. about these amazing experiences that you get to have with NBA personnel. Yeah. Um, and when I, I was like, well, if I want to change the game in New Zealand, then there's only one place that I can go 
to learn about how to change basketball to highest levels and that's doing something which is um you know involved with the nba uh nba personnel in vegas yeah uh with other people that are so now some of them there were quite a few grads that a bit younger than me but there were also a lot of people who were looking to change career and yeah you know, they were you know from all ages don't act like you've got a big gray beard stevie you're you know you're not that old <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah, my, yeah i'm only yeah. in my 30s mate yeah but, exactly gosh but to see grads and this is the difference man is like to see grads there like 18 19 20 who were just helping yeah, wow. on nba front office jobs it just puts things into perspective around the attitude that you need to needed to have um so yeah so i i flew in um the first so i went to check in it was hot as hell man it was like 30 <laughs> first time at vegas first time oh actually yeah. no second time in vegas okay. second time in vegas so it was between like 35 and 43 degrees most days um and as soon as i rocked in it was like um amari stoudemire because we stayed in the hotel where a lot of the players were staying amari stoudemire was playing um in the casino downstairs <laughs> Dwight Howard walked past me while I was checking in. My mate Jerry Joe was, like was in the lift. Wow. Like there were just NBA players, not just people from teams. There were NBA players everywhere in that hotel, and so I don't. And know that's who, where the whole entire classroom was being held. So actually, you no, know, our uh, the course itself was at UNLV. UV, but that's so where you were staying. That's where we were staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, man, <laughs> go down to the hotel bar for sure. One hundred percent. My mind was just blown, man, because in New Zealand, like, and I was explaining to, to this to people because they would, like, you know, they would see celebrities in their hometown. They were NFL players or movie stars or whatever. But I was explaining to these people, like, in New Zealand, we don't get like Dwight Howard was literally just rocking around, and my mind was like, nah, I wasn't blown. going over there to be yeah. a fan. But I was yeah. just, my mind was just blown by just seeing all these people. So, um, yeah, I just checked in. Uh, it was actually funny. I recognized Terry Rosier right away. And there was another chick who was doing the course with me. And uh, I was, I introduced myself because I could tell, you know, a certain type of basketball yeah. nerd or person. <laughs> You're not six foot five plus. <laughs> 100%. Because Terry Rosier is not the biggest dude. Yeah. She said to him, are you doing the course too? Oh, my Lord. And I was just like, uh do you not know this is Terry Rosier right don't, now? Don't name and shame her, but that um, is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> what did he say, by the way? Just quite, like, so he just stood there, like, looking at her, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, so yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There was, there was, a, was a bit of a laugh. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. So, yeah, I checked in. Um, Any wine bars with Mari Stoudemire just quickly as well? Um, not, nah, not, no, not no, really. No, like, no, I, didn't, no. I didn't really get a massive a message any massive chances to to socialize and you gotta be respectful too outside. don't you and that was the main thing like i knew i wasn't going in to be a fan and i was yeah. going in to to learn the business for sure man. but um yes yeah, so i got down to the hotel bar the next day there was like dozens and dozens of these nerds you know 18 all the way up to 50 they were yeah getting into it with each other arguing about this trade and that trade and it was just like for me you know i worked in jobs all my life which look I good career and and retail and um you know I earned good money and enjoyed it and learned good skills but something about like walking down into the lobby and like seeing your people like I've come home no I was shit, about like, to say yeah I come home man these are my people and like, Kanye West homecoming starts playing in the background <laughs> uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. You're the, yeah. Honestly, yeah it was and um these people didn't give a fuck they basically got kicked out of the bar because they were arguing it's funny three or four years later we're still arguing about ben simmons but they're just people were just arguing about basketball and like not heated they were just like real people with really strong knowledge and these are people that have worked for google and done um you know they'd done coding degrees and they were just hell-bent on getting jobs with nba teams that's and so had, cool like you know people that work and I'll talk about it soon, but like this from my class, there's probably 10 people that work for NBA teams now. Um, yeah. Wow. There's a dude from the previous year who runs the new G league team in Mexico. Like these are people. And this is where I think, you know, maybe people are like, oh, nerds are ruining the game, but it's like, look, no. these are people that will, they'll get up and they will code an entire NBA game. They'll break down every single position and be able, and 
you know, they're giving this information to people that coach NBA teams. So when you say NBA. code, you're just meaning they're going through every single play, what happened every single one. Yeah, yeah, yep. basically. And yep. they've got them using the tracking cameras. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And, yeah, all, all this Distance kind of stuff. covered, yeah, doing all yep. that. All, all wow. this of a very, very high level. So they might have been 19 or 20, but um, not just the confidence that they have, but just the research that they've done and um, just how yeah, strong they were in their convictions around basketball. It was really cool to see. And a lot there'd been a lot there who were like, they've been D2 Hooper on scholarship or um, D1 Hooper and um, they'd transferred over or they'd been, um, you know, they maybe they'd volunteered at their, at their high school and now they were working for like Mizzou or whatever it was. There was a lot of people from very vast backgrounds. And the first day um, we did uh, scouting, scouting with um, Wes Wilcox, and he was the GM of the Atlanta Hawks. Yep. And he broke down his entire NBA draft the way that he, like, he was basically teaching us, if tomorrow you're working for a team, this is how you identify and draft. Wow. Player. And he spoke on that for like three or four hours, and my mind was just blown. Like, I still look back to those slides and it's basically how, and you can do it. You can still do it now. Like, if I wanted to go down to high school ball, I look at all the different things he talks about. That's so like cool, man. Character, size, um, you know, talking about touch on each hand, talking about hand width, hand length, wingspan, different types of athleticism, um, talking about the family, what are the friends like, social media, like every single thing you can imagine, imagine and more, like, and so you can imagine Christ. everyone was just sitting there being like, but this is the first day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was, yeah. That, that yeah. Was yeah. My wow. Exposure to, to this and just, oh, man, it was, it was amazing. And then, so, what's so that's like you said, that's, that, no, but that's, that's, that's like, your first day though. You're getting a GM of an NBA team. I'm sorry to like go back to yes. like, you've got a GM of an NBA yeah. team yeah, yeah, coming yeah, at me yeah. like, this is how I approach draft. Yeah. Like, this is how we do it. Like, cause that's huge, bro. Yeah. Cause like every, even all the guys there, like you see the yeah. people from really, you know, Google and whatever, but like, as far as we're concerned, it's Chad Ford's big board and then a bit of your own YouTube research. You know what yes. I mean? And then all of a sudden you realize, no, actually, well, you yeah. realize, wow, no, this is actually what yeah. goes into it. And you've got the formula for lack of a better term too, which is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You had the formula there and then, um, the, the other days were split up into um, Bo Estes, who runs the NBA Top 10. He's been on this pod before. On this pod before. He took us into the truck. Top 10. Sorry. Yeah, just, he's, a, he's, iconic. he's iconic, man. He's the guy. He he's yeah. the man, Bo. Shout out to Bo. Um, he's listened to a few episodes of the pod. Yeah, no, nah, um, he's the guy. And so he took us into the broadcast truck. We got to do a live, um, I think it's Sirius XM, like Sirius FM radio. We got to basically do a live call of an NBA summer league game where you jump wow. on for like a quarter. Yeah, man. Stick. We had the Sacramento Kings head of social media. Um, he talked to us about socials. We did that for half a day. Um, and then we did, this is probably the part. That Kings are quite a good social media team as well. Kings so just quickly as well, like really that's really like they're cool. really on top of it. So that would have been quite, yep. that would have been interesting. Because it's about, it I know was, you want to move on with it, but it, it would be interesting because it's an NBA team. You really have to walk that tightrope, for lack of a better term, eh? like be funny, trendy, yeah. like get people yeah. involved. And like, you're also a bloody NBA team, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, man. It's just like, it's being exposed to that and learning. Like, I actually learned, I learned a lot from that guy that day. Yeah. To help with my social media and stuff. So did that. And then we got to scout one of the social sorry one of the summer league games with the uh i think he was the head of player personnel for the clippers i think that's the right yep. description um dave severance and there were about six of us and when you he's probably in his 50s or 60s he was one of the assistant coaches for the chicago bulls of the d rose teams oh okay you know, someone who's had like 20 years experience in the league and probably you know, I don't know what his previous experience was, but I assume it was college. And when you've had 40 years experience in the game and you like, these are, this is the type of person you're learning from. Like we just sat with him, man. And he just talked about what he sees when he's got yeah. the game, man, that just... changed, that changed the way that I viewed the game of basketball forever. Yeah. And he gave me this little five or six page booklet, um, talking about how he scouts and, um, like I use that to this day. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, he wow. Had, yeah. He, he handed... You can't um, put a price on that, man. You, you like, I, I hate to yeah. take it back to like, you know, like, oh, people have a go at me for not yeah. playing basketball. Not have a go at yeah. me, but, you know, you say you don't play basketball and how can you enter the sport? Yeah. Just hearing, like, you know, the knowledge that you got to witness yes. and absorb, like, yeah. no matter how many much high school hoops or social basketball you play, you're never going to pick that up, you know what I mean? Yes, 100%. Yeah, man. that's crazy. I knew I, this is why I knew I had to do it. And Dave was just, like, he just – we just focused on specific players and, and matchups. And the, the main thing was that I took away from it is I was worried coming in that and my, I grew my knowledge significantly in the two years before I went to the course. But I was worried he was going to be talking about pick and roll coverages and um, shooting form and this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair he right, was just yeah. breaking down all the stuff that you can see. Like, yeah. you know, does, do they have a limp? How do they interact with their teammates? Um, how do they screen? 90% of it was, was pretty basic stuff. There's a different scout who will go and scout what teams run in terms of offenses. And yeah, 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 for sure. This was the air expulsures and stuff that, you know, yeah, yeah, when they used to do that before they, yeah. you know, hit coach. Like video yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. That, that was it, man. So, and then the guy just like handed his laptop around and gave everyone his personal email address, like, you know, at com, and just realizing these people were so keen to help us and, um, and just gave such great advice you know it was yeah man. It, was, it was humbling but also um like that kick-started my my basketball career manager. like you see before though there's so many people fresh grads and whatever just yeah. hungry that like yeah you absorb just it in but you're also like man. i've got to use this knowledge you know what i mean like yes. how am i going to use this yeah 100 yeah, and so that was basically like what the week was man just experiences like that they were awesome um Neil O'Shea came in at lunchtime. Uh, Zach Lowe wow. came in at lunchtime. Anybody oh, hold on. Sorry, just quickly. Zach Lowe, how was that? That because I'm a big oh, fan. Man. Big fan. That's was, huge. Zach Lowe was fucking awesome, man. Like, yeah. Just a real dry sense of humor. Um, and yeah. just hilarious the way that he talked. Came in at lunch. Um, David well, Aldridge was huge. Well, he's your classic, though, man. Like, just quickly, not to be yeah. bad, but, like, he was yeah. um, reporting on uh, criminal... Yeah, we probably told you about this, but he was reporting on um, court stuff in Boston, and then he yeah. loved basketball. He's yeah. known as one of the most brilliant minds in basketball, respected by, like, yes. nearly all the NBA players. Like, he's doing a lot of TV stuff now as well. But, like, I remember reading yeah. his, you know, columns religiously as, um, as a high schooler. Um, yeah. And he's someone who wasn't a good basketball player, only got into... Yeah. Late in life after a career change, just a lot like what you were exactly. talking about. Um, yeah. And now look at him, you know what I mean? Like it's, it yeah. goes to show, yeah, you don't need to be six foot six plus and, you know, have dunked yeah. it, you know, <laughs> to be able to know what you're talking about, basically. Yeah, agreed, 100%. And, and so, yeah, for myself, it was just, um, yeah, realizing what I was able to take away from that. Yeah. Um, and that was, was pretty huge. Um, and yeah we obviously encountered a lot of nba personnel and we did lots of other cool exercises but basically to fast forward i did that i came back um i did some work with kenny mcfadden and wellington um the oh, first people cool. it was cool man it was yeah it was cool to, to sort of um cut my teeth there and yeah. start doing some stuff with some high schools some pat silverstream was another program i did a little bit of work with yeah but the first people to really embrace me were uh Hoop Nation, massive shout out to to Paul and to KJ for embracing me when I first got back to New Zealand. Um, and by embrace, and, you mean just saying, "Yo, come on down." Like, what do you what do you mean by that? Like, just like yeah, so, getting you involved. So, so Paul was just like came up and introduced me. I went up to the Hoop Nation tournament, came up and introduced himself to me. That's and, cool. Um, he someone had said that I'd just got back from Vegas, and um, he was just so like complimentary and just like showed me around the tournament a bit and um instantly i was just like this is a dude who cares about the game like deeply yeah. about the game and um it was just cool that he seeked me out and he realized that i'd invested in myself and, and that was that was really really so cool he was willing and, to invest in you which is awesome man That's yeah, how, which is, yeah yeah which is cool man and now you know paul's one of my best mates um and yeah just a just a fucking great dude and kj is the same and just such a great family feel you know paul's wife jess um i consider you know family as well and that they run such a great tournament and they so they embraced me um next year i was back you know working for them and 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 that's given me some some you know massive um 
learnings moving forward, which has been really great. But for me, it was it was a lot of the local stuff was really really great great to give me exposure, which was those Hoop Nation tournaments. Yeah. The main thing I did was to to grow my following was just to get on Twitter and just absolutely just smash blast it. Blast it. So, <laughs> yeah, blast it. Fair enough. Though. Yeah. Basically, just like um, yeah, like I, so I started running the Blazers blog about. I just, I just finished that after so what made you go twitter as well was that just from your class room as far as like you know because i mean um, facebook was definitely dying by that stage and still is but at the yeah. same time like you know there's instagrams there's tiktoks obviously the podcast you're doing yes. now like what made you go twitter that's what i want to sort yeah. of not invest in because i know you did a lot of socials that, on a lot of different point. stuff but twitter was sort of the main yeah. one yeah yeah so i don't really know why it is that i got so heavily into twitter but i think it was because I realized that you can go viral quite easily. Yeah. Um, and going viral isn't everything, but the main thing is it that helps. I have, I have almost 5,000 followers now. And that's just so helpful with the work that I'm doing with the Kiwi kids is, is having that decent follower base, which is a lot for New Zealand. Well, I was going to ask that because I thought a, um, you know, just from an audience perspective, cause obviously you did a lot yeah. of blazers stuff, done a lot of NBA yeah. stuff. And, you know, yeah. now I see you out there and you, you know, you're shouting out Hunter Adam or Josh book for instance and whatnot. Yes. Like these great young um, Kiwi high school kids yeah. after talking about Damien Little, the blazers. And there seems to be like, you don't seem to lose followers, at least from my perspective on it, yes. as far as like, you can talk about New Zealand high school kids who have a chance yes. to be really, you know, who are really good. Yeah. And then also talk about Damian Lillard on a 10-game tier, you know, like the very yeah. next tweet. So how do you balance that? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. So when I first started, it was just like, I was just Blazer stuff, um, you know, like um, probably wasn't until about halfway through 2020 that I started having a lot more of a focus on tweeting about New Zealand basketball because I just wanted to know so much more. I wanted to know a lot more about it before I sort of ripped in. Um, that's fair. So, that's fair. Yeah. So it was it was mainly Blazer stuff, um, and I had a few random viral tweets that really helped with my followers. Um, you know, I was doing those lists for a while, like top ten shooters of all time, all that type of stuff. Yeah. That that really got me some good strong followers, and then also helped with my follower count as well. Um, and then from there, it was more Blazer stuff. Um, I did some. Um, I had some good connects in the US who helped me do like I did a story on RJ Hampton that was like a really good one I, yeah. I got some real learnings about and good um, crossover as well yeah, just like connects and yeah it was good yeah just to learn more about the New Zealand and Australian League and the NBL yeah. and then I did a story on the New Zealand NBL and that was the first time that I got a lot more strong uh, local connects yeah. um, in terms of New Zealand NBL and you know teams like at the saints and then the hawks was like people like zico and it was it was really really cool to to sort of have that and then from there um i really wanted to go deeper in terms of um like writing and podcasting but the hardest the hardest thing was there just wasn't the financial um like backing yeah. to be able to do basketball full-time in terms of journalism like people will be like what is a journalist these days well it's in my eyes it's writing podcasting um social media so yep. like i did it anyway but it just meant that the writing just wasn't as easy to do as what i thought and that's all right you know like i enjoyed the time that i did do doing that just finished my blazers um, um just quickly why because you're hearing as a listener you're hearing all yep. about you, you know you got into the warriors when you first went to the NBA. what made you write about the blazers yeah that's a good question so um at the time, there were some blogs were coming up, yeah. you know, for me to run and, and manage, and you know, you manage a team. Of sort was of it the True Hoop Network that you were writing for, or the old True um, Hoop Network, or no? So it was, it was fan sided. So okay. basically, you have a blog that you run and, and you help supervise a bunch of writers that were there, and um, you you run also the Twitter account. Yeah. And because at the time, um, that was a verified Twitter account before I was verified. It was like a chance, and there were about seven thousand yeah. followers on it. And I Cheeky like, retweet every now and then as well of your stuff. That's it, man. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And so not just that, but when you have just a fan base, so you have seven thousand followers of like Blazer fans, for example, you can figure out what it is that people like because you're only Blazers. It could be just that it was Wellington Hurricanes. If you run the Wellington Hurricanes page and it has a hundred thousand followers. Yep. you're going to be able to see right away what people like based on what you post. 
So for me, it was like a dry run on how can I run social media and, and realize what it is that people like. So I just gave that my notice in for that blog two weeks ago. I started it at 7,000 followers and I left the end of month, last month and I had 14,000. Yeah, so, so they're happy with you. <laughs> they were pretty happy. Yeah, I doubled, doubled the following. I went, went viral multiple occasions, went mega viral a couple of times. And that really, I really then understood what it took to do really high level content. And then I yeah. used that later for, for the high school kids and work I did with Group Nation, which is really, really cool. Um, the Bla I just picked the Blazers because it was just a fun team. Yeah. They had a superstar there in Damian Lillard. They were in a medium sized market. So it was, the, the scope was good where there weren't 20 other people, people doing do the same thing, thing that I was yeah. trying to do. And for me, I just did like fun photos with like funny comments on them or I did. And no matter what they say as well, like there'll always be a demand for that localized. Like, you know, I'm a yeah. diehard Raptors fan, for instance, and I Raptors Republic still a go to like every day. Like as far as like, yes, you love the NBA and whatnot, but you want to hear news about your team from people that have been watching all 82 games a lot like yes. yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so to have that's quite cool. And then, like you said, you, you got to learn so much about what, not how Twitter works. Well, obviously, you learned about the, the uh, Las Vegas, but like in action, you know what I mean? Like seeing, yes. yeah, what content hits and then which ones are complete duds. And I think the most, not jarring, but one of the interesting things about that is you'll, some of the posts that you pour blood, sweat, and tears into re react the worst or reach the worst, for lack of a better term. Yes. And then sometimes it's one yeah. of the ones where you think, this isn't even that good, but like, it's what the people, you know what I mean? Like, it's all about sort of yeah. figuring out what, yeah, what people want, but then also keeping the quality high, which I think you've done a great job of, but it's not easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not easy, man. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And and so it was just trying to find what people like to, to, to learn how I could use that later on to grow my yeah. platform for the kids. And um, there was one that hit really hard. It was after the end of the NBA season. It was... Um, Damian Lillard averaged 30 points a game and 40% from three. Um, and it, he'd been, him, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, he was the third person ever to do it. And yeah. I spotted that and I was just like, this wow. is viral. Like yeah, I knew that's huge. As, as soon as I found something that no one else had found. But so how did you find that before the ESPN computer hive of, you know, <laughs> like, you know, all the stats ones? That's impressive, yeah. man. Also, I, I have a subscription um, to the paid part of basketball reference. Um, ah, nice, nice. And basically, you're just looking for for stuff that, especially at the end of the kooky season, stuff like that. You, you know, yeah, I know yeah, kooky yeah. is a weird cool. word, but you know what I mean. Funky That's stuff, right. like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Just stuff that was a bit different. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I tweeted that, and then when Damien Lillard shared that, and my man, my social went off for days. Like yeah. I think I finished with like 30,000 likes, like I was getting QT'd and even though it didn't, you'd obviously don't get paid from going viral. And shit nah. like that, it was like reward for the hard work that I've done. Yeah. You get shouted out by someone who has 2 million followers. Recognition, and man, recognition. It is, it's, it's recognition and, and it gave me a bit of street cred in New Zealand for a little while. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. Like <laughs> yeah. people were just, people were blowing me up, which is really, really cool. And, and now, it's cool because basically every member of the Blazers have, have you know shared my content, which is yeah. really really cool. But it just gave me a chance to grow my name and be followed yeah. by, you know, like I've got some really and like we said before, it's that recognition, but it's also the recognition of like you're legit. You know what I mean? Like you're not yes. like she's like French, but like you're not just spewing bullshit. You know, like you're actually yeah. what you're talking about yeah. and the effort you put in and the work you're doing, yeah. Um, yeah. is legitimate. Yeah. And in yeah, today's is. day and age, like that's important because a lot of it isn't. Yeah. You know, so it's good to. It's good to have yeah. that recognition. That would be massive. And then, like, how yeah. did you, not how did you, but, like, obviously, we're still talking about all the success with the Blaze and whatnot, and like you said at the beginning of the yeah. podcast, you yeah. always wanted to grow basketball in New Zealand. So you're doing all this, and it's going great. Yeah. But how are you trying to pivot it to, you know, because you're doing it now, yes. which is great. But, like, how did that pivot yeah. go, slash, how yeah. was, what was your roadmap, basically, you know? Um, so for me... I enjoyed the journalism, but the writing was just, I just realized it was going to be really hard for me to not only make the money that I wanted to, to be able to invest back 
yeah the time i invested in writing was taking away from what i really wanted to do which is great which is grow the game yeah exactly. um, so working with hoop nation was i have been able to grow the game by doing the stuff there you know and there's a good few months of year of work there um but it was it was more re-realizing that um the best way for me to do that was try and expose the best kids um from high school pool down here yep. just try and expose them to the rest of the world um well they need his eyeballs eh? half the time that, that's it man and so there's a few kids that i worked with early on um akiva griffin who's at uc irvine i just obviously just had his mum on the pod so yep. i started that about a year ago um did obviously a little bit of writing and talking about the nzbl and um you know figuring out the ins and outs of salary caps and um how yeah. important as well is that ends in nbl for like you know the likes of akira and um yeah. so like you know you got josh riley's heading off to the states and um yeah. god the yeah. rams for instance have plenty of high school it's sort of as like is it i hate to say because i know it's a higher level than high school basketball in america but is yeah. it if you know what i mean is like is that is that quite yeah. important to help get them over there for those boys or is it not really um, yeah it is yeah I yeah them having to play our players having to play against men is really really important like yeah. like our kids playing because there's men is... over in high school in america you know what i mean i know they're not men yeah. but like the size of some of those boys is yeah, just agreed. outrageous yeah yeah so, so the play against proper pros down here is massive for our high school kids you know it's really really important um and so from there like i was able to help some kids um yeah get on scholarship or get some looks on scholarship which is yeah. you know which is really 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 awesome um and then from there i decided that and I'm and I'm still in I'm in the process of, of scaling it up at the moment. But um, myself and Paul at Hoop Nation, uh, we started Akiwa Management Group, and it's there's some pro players there um, and some amateurs. Uh, obviously, you know we don't you don't sign amateurs because they're, no, they're, they're amateurs. amateurs. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but but separate to that, um, it's just um, helping. Um, grow profiles of of amateur players and that's is that just and, using your um your skills that you learn obviously throughout the years but at las vegas and whatnot and yeah. like saying hey look i know what yeah. they're after for lack of a better term like is that like because you know because yes. there's still be people listening yeah. to him it's like so hold on how did he get from writing about the blazers on twitter to you know managing uh care yes. for instance again and helping yeah. get over to college and stuff but like yeah. is that just using your knowledge yeah, yeah. to help these help guide these kids and adults as well um yeah so so like for for example for the amateur players um it's it's more and it's not that the, the the label doesn't matter but like no, no, whatever players, you call managing, yeah managing them but basically what you're doing is you're just connecting with college coaches um you're helping potentially you know maybe it's to help them get a high school scholarship in new zealand um you know and um you're not um you haven't signed them or anything so, so is that just, just using your connections them. and stuff i know you don't want to tell all your secrets but they're just using your connections and no, sort no, of just helping good... tell them what they need to yeah yeah basically yeah yeah that's that's what you're doing man you're just um you know using the connections that you have to um to sort of push these people on and and, and hopefully get them on um a journey to to yeah uh, playing in a division one scholarship or um yeah, working on potentially getting to the NBA or was playing in the Australian NBL. So, yeah, it's... Um, it must be pretty rewarding, I can imagine. I mean, obviously hearing yeah, like some is, of man. your yarns about it, it does sound rewarding, but like, yeah, it must be quite cool to be like, well, this is what I wanted to do when I decided I wanted to get into basketball. And yes. here I am now actually, you know, starting that process of doing what exactly I want to do. Because like, you know, you think about how much Stephen Adams had an impact on New Zealand basketball, you know, like just the fact that my parents now, you know, know Stephen Adams' name, for instance, don't know anything about basketball. Like, it's just huge. So the more kids that you can get over yeah. there, I'm not saying they're all going to make the NBA, but that's besides the point. Like, the more, the bigger you can grow the game, the more of a positive impact it has on the sport, which is yes. just just awesome. Yeah. And that's, and that's yeah. what you're doing, yeah. which is pretty cool. It is, man. It is. It's awesome. And so, um, yeah, for me, it's just like, how can I help kids get on scholarship? You know, it's, um, which is really, really cool. Um, and, um event and i'm not i'm not doing this to just try and get the next player to the nba um no, God, and no. i don't know if i don't know if i've said this on the pod before but like i want to 
um, eventually find the next, you know, male or female um, player and, and, and represent them, you know, and to getting picked in the, getting selected in the NBA draft, you know, is a, is a big goal that I have. And I just want to help kids enjoy the game and look if that's yeah. helping them go to a better high school, if that's um, helping get better uniforms or helping live stream games to help in Wellington or Auckland or, you know, working at Hoop Nation, um, yeah. getting kids on scholarship, whatever it is, I just want to help at all levels of the game. And that's that's just what yeah. I'm about. And um, I've been outspoken about how the game is run in New Zealand. And that's because I care deeply for the players. I care deeply for our, yeah. for our men and women players from pros, amateurs, high school. Like I care deeply. And look, that's got me, that's got me in the ship before. You know, I've done some things that um, maybe I could have gone about them a little bit better, but um, no one can question that I have my heart in the right place to try and have the game in a better place by taking care of the players. Um, and if, if, we continue to focus on um, improving the player experience and, um, you know, trying to help push the stuff along, then there's no doubt that the game will grow, not just from a numbers standpoint, but from a professionalism standpoint. Yeah. And that, and I think it's like you said, it, it shine a light on it and the more people that care and the more yes. like people that are aware. And like you said, if, if it's, as long as the, um, the motive, which obviously in your case is, and in most cases, like just wanting to grow basketball, then um, only yeah. good things can happen from you know. If it's, a, if it's a player first and kid first, you know, approach, yeah. then only good things can come. And like at least I wouldn't say outside because you know do a little bit of coaching, but at the same time, like from our perspective, it was like how basketball is growing in New Zealand it's just on an upwards trajectory, isn't it? Um, yes. And yeah. I'm not saying you're yeah. the driving force, but like you're definitely having a positive impact on that, which is um must be really cool because like you said, that's what you wanted to do. Um, but it's yeah. easier said than yeah. done. <laughs> so yeah, so for like for me with finishing up, um, like my blog, obviously as we talked on, you know, it's been a um, been a pretty awesome journey so far, and, and, and you know, I really want to to continue pushing things on for our kids. Um, and yeah, like a, like there's a few players you know on on my books um, or on our books, you know, Akua Management Group professionally. Um, yeah. And I really want to continue growing um, and, yeah, like getting some players to Australian BL, Europe, you know, Asia, and, and, and that's sort of the next goal for me is also as, um, yeah, I continue to help kids get on scholarship and, you know, the, the, with the new pathways that are there, which is Australian BL, G League, Ignite, Overtime Elite, there's so many opportunities for our kids and um, I All really right. love I really love what's out there for our kids at the moment and, yeah. and um yeah, I want to try and probably work with more people within the basketball scene in New Zealand to continue to push things along. And yeah, I'm still going to call things out if I don't like them, but I'm hopeful that we can work together. We've got a new BBNZ CEO and Dylan Boucher. We've got a new league GM, Hugh Bain. And like, there's some, I think that there's some moves happening. Yeah, there's some big moves happening and there's some interesting things happening in the scene. And, and I think it's really, really positive for where the game's going. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, going to be involved in all sorts of different capacities and um you know one day you'll call me you know call me an agent and the other day i'll be you know um the other day me just and, just love helping out hopes in new zealand yeah and, you know I growing do. the game i mean yeah, you know, it's not I, a job title but grower yeah. of the game sounds like yeah. the most uh apps thing to call you. yeah that's it man and i just want to continue to to volunteer my time to help causes where i can to to you know to to grow the game and um and yeah, like I'm excited to see what the future is going to bring, and but and it's yeah, it's it's exciting, man. So yeah, I I appreciate Bloody you, awesome man. I I oh, yeah, I appreciate you talking, taking time out of your day, to, not just to you know use this chat for your um, you know for your study, but um yeah, just chatting to me. Nah, and, bro, I just wanted to I wanted to chat to you and hear all about. Like I said, like it, it's been um interesting from a distance, you know, like um seeing your sort of journey from coming back from Las Vegas and just trying to get your name out there and doing all the classic things, like I said, that I've done before and whatnot, but just taking it to that next level, which um, is really, really awesome to see, man, because it's, um, it's one thing to grow a following and, you know, do all that, which is great, but, like, it's how you use that following and, um, you know, for yourself, obviously, but for the actual good of the game. Um, and that's it's, it's pretty cool to see, like I said, like um, just getting eyeballs on all these high schoolers in New Zealand. And then we're lucky now with ANBL as well, being um, as big as it is and so close to our doorsteps. Like it's just um, 
it's a great time to be a young uh, New Zealander and to bask whether it be male or female. And um, yeah. really cool, to, really cool to see um, that you're like there to help out that journey. I guess for whoever whoever may need it. So um, kudos yeah. to you, man, and thanks for thanks for taking the time to have a chat. Oh no, man! Look, my pleasure. It's just um, yeah, been an awesome been an awesome journey so far and appreciate yeah even the little things that we mean you did together like whatever it is any everybody that's been part of the journey small or big it, i really appreciate and and yeah we're um yeah i really appreciate you interviewing me and and, and us doing this yeah. together and a bit more of a different sort of setting and i hope for you have sure, a right. and, I hope, and i hope your listeners yeah. rated it too man because um i know i for sure loved um just listening hearing all about it man so yeah thanks yeah. once again bro thank you nah, my, my pleasure man hope you have a really good night and um thanks everyone for listening and we will talk again soon